You're listening to 50-Year-Old Pussy, a cross-generational dialogue of baby boomers, generation Xers, and millennials on wisdom, humor, and sexuality of the maturing woman. I am your host, Coco Elysses, along with my co-host, Yada the OG, and producer, Banji Bruja. How's everybody doing? I am good. Good. Well, I'm as good as it's going to get. Uh, <laughs> at least right now. Okay, so before we get into today's podcast, I wanted to um, talk for a few seconds about what's going on astrologically. Um, I have a series of questions that coincide with what's going on in the world today. But before we get mm-hmm. into that, Zoe, if you could just let us give us a, a light forecast, you know, something slight. You want a light forecast of, um, we can do right now because, you know, it is a full moon. Yes. Um, right now we have, and I usually start with Saturn, even though I shouldn't. It's Gemini season. Shout out all my Geminis. Happy birthday to all of the Geminis. Um, right now, Mercury is retrograde. Hold on, what's that? I feel like they should hear me better. I feel like I'm an airpod. Okay. There we go. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. I can hear you. When you're moving, it struggles and it causes latency. So when you get still. Okay, well, like, I probably need to put my hair up because. Oh, I don't think you got nothing to do with it. It's so pretty. Hmm? It's so pretty. You know, I don't think you have to put your hair up. Okay. Yeah. I just think it's just, uh, you know, what when, when sound is trying to capture you, if it's not stable, then it creates this something called latency. It's that robotic thing that's going on. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's see now. All right. So it's Gemini season. Shout out to all the Geminis. We just had a Full moon in Sagittarius, um, Friday night, and today's Saturday, but you know the full moon energy is still in the air. Mercury right now is in Cancer. We have Venus in Gemini retrograde. We have um, Jupiter in Capricorn. Saturn is in Aquarius retrograde, um, which is really playing a lot of a part in everything that's going on. It's at one degree which is not necessarily a critical degree, but it is, you know, like the first of the first. Um, we have Uranus and Taurus, Neptune and Pisces, Pluto is in Capricorn retrograde. We also have the North Node in Gemini and Chiron in Aries. Um, so with everything going on, it really is a political time. Um, Gemini to me is definitely about news, news coverage, word of mouth, you know, A lot of Geminis that I know are very active, like in the streets, in the community. It's a very community-based energy right now. And with the full moon being in Sagittarius, it is about what's being published, what is being broadcasted, what is going on on the worldwide level, and what that has to do basically with us and our personal communities and what is going on, you know on like the neighbor to neighbor, you know, coworker, that's more Virgo, but still that interaction amongst humans because Gemini is such a human sign. Um, so yeah, that's just a little bit of it. We got, it's a lot of stuff going on though at this point, it's overwhelming. 
So basically, for those of you guys who have been living under a rock, um, there has been civil unrest on all over the world, and especially in the United States regarding Black Lives Matter movements. Um, this is following the murders of Ahmaud Arbery, um, Brianna and George. I'm blanking on their last names at, right now. Um, I think it's Brianna Taylor and George Taylor. Floyd. <sighs> and Ayanna Dior. And Ayanna Dior, who was brutally beaten um, by a mob of people because solely because she was a Black trans woman. And um, what I wanted to talk about today was our experiences with police and some of our first impressions of what authority, uh, state violence and authority, what they were supposed to do for us, what they didn't do for us. Um, I think it is so much to digest with each murder. And I, I want to want you guys as listeners to go out and research and really look up what's been going on um, so that you can more so understand what we're going to be talking about today and how that affects us and the world. So the first question I have is, what or when was your first interaction with police? Mm. Mm. I don't Oh, I don't even know. I'll go first. So my first interaction with police or the idea of police was the shame game that we used to play as kids. The, I don't want to go to Mexico no more and more and more. There's a big oh, yeah, policeman yeah. at my door, door, door. Mm. And oh my I was thinking about that um, the other day on Twitter. And me and a Twitter friend of mine, um, shout out to NoMG. Um, she was, you know, talking about shame. And I was just like, you know, the lyrics were kind of crazy. He grabbed me by the collar. He made me pay a dollar. I don't want to go to Mexico no more and more and more shame. And so I was just like, you know, we used to sing some really fucked up shit as kids. Oh, yeah. And very true. And it made me think of uh, Ring Around the Rosie and just schoolhouse games that were aimed at teaching kids really dark and um, sometimes heavy things mm. and how that was my first iteration of what police were was negative. Um, I remember there was an instance when I was in high school and a friend of mine had got robbed um, I was walking ahead of her, so I didn't see everything. When I turned around, I just saw the guy run. And so we ran to the nearest police car by the school. And um, we told the police officer what happened. And he was just like, well, this isn't really my jurisdiction. Hmm. And he kind of like sh- sh- just brushed us off and told us to go in the school. So we went in the school and we, we told 
whoever was there. I don't even remember uh, whoever was in the office. And they were all wondering why the police officer didn't do anything. And it just left a bad taste in my mouth because I felt like if there's a police presence here, why did this happen? And it was very traumatizing for her because, you know, she had got grabbed up a little bit from behind. Mm. And it just, none of my experiences other than one experience with the police has been good. There were the only time where the police looked out for me, it was campus police. I was walking home in a blizzard and they took me to my dorm. But out of my 25 some odd years of life, I have yet to experience and have good experiences with the police, which makes me wonder why are they here and to what function or to what capacity do we really, really need them? Hmm. I just always remember being terrified um, that last thing that you wanted to encounter. I, I have to dig deep and I'm going to have to just go back and go back and go back as we continue to dialogue because all I remember is fear and all I remember is my mother telling my brother, you don't want to, she, this was with discipline. She said, you don't want to have the police beat you. You don't want to end up here. I'm trying to teach you that this is not something that you want to deal with. I guess, I guess my first memory was my brother. Um, he and my mother had, my mother was one of those mothers that took in people who did not have a home. So it was not uncommon to have additional brothers and sisters in the house for maybe a year or two. And at this particular time, he's actually on the other side. And I don't think, um, Banjo, you know about the story. His name was Derek. He went to high school with my brother and they went to a party. They got drunk and they were being chased by somebody. And um, there was a ditch. So Derek jumped the ditch. My brother jumped the ditch, but he didn't really clear the ditch and fell and busted his eye. Long story short, they ended up being taken to, I think it was Cook County Hospital. And when my mother got to the hospital, he was just in the floor. He wasn't even in a room. It was, it was I guess, a, a situation where he didn't have probably any ID or um, they didn't know he was intoxicated and it was just really vague and it was kind of, it's just kind of, it's coming back in flashes. Um, but I remember feeling like, what is this? Why was my brother laying in the hallway and just there with no really any care being given to him? Um, and it was always one of those conversations that was just like really serious and really intense. I remember my mother explaining to me that when she was a little girl growing up in rural Mississippi, that a white man had come to the door and he asked, well, she came to the door and he said, where's your mammy at? And she was always told by her father, 
until they say, mother, do not move. And she just stood there. Gal, where your mammy at? And she stood there. And then when he said mother, then she went and got her stepmom. And then her stepmom came to the door. She said she remembers, she doesn't know what the exchange was about, but she remembers her stepmother dragging a knife across her leg that I don't know where she got it from. And he left. I don't know what that was about, if he was trying to come in, if it was rape or whatever it was, but it was a very st sticky situation. So I grew up with a clear fear that interactions with Caucasians, you have to be very, very con you got to be very careful. And it was, it wasn't, it, the word careful was used, but the energy that was communicated was danger. So because of the vibe or the frequency in which she was communicating it and the words that she was using to not say it, I still felt fear. Um, and it wasn't something that was spoken about a lot, but it was, but when it was spoken, you just got quiet. Like the conversation about the shotgun in the corner. Don't touch it. It wasn't up for, it wasn't up for discussion. You just don't do it. And then you just kind of moved on. It was, it was very, very, um, dark. Because you didn't feel comfortable exploring it. It was just something that you just needed to listen to and just be quiet and then keep it moving. Zo. Mm. Y'all, that was heavy, y'all. Heavy, like me some Palo Santo. But um, for me, I think my first interaction with the cops, I don't really remember. You know what? Probably my brother, because my brother was in and out of jail a lot. Like, even when I was a kid, you know, um, he's only, you know, 11 years. He is, is like 11 years older than me. So he's older, you know, he's a teenager. He's running around doing God knows what. But I was a kid, so it was always him getting in trouble with the police, always in and out of jail, that type of situation. He's gotten beaten on by the police, you know, my mom, you know, having a black son, and especially being a single mother of a, a one black son, all the times, you know, him getting in trouble and stuff like that, she would be violent you know she'd be mad about it a lot um other than that i can't i can't think of it it wasn't something that i really paid attention to you know what i'm saying for me is it because it's a lot of things that will be going on um but i think places like chicago and like deep cleveland toledo stuff like that it experiences it more than what I would I'm more in the suburbs or I grew up more in the suburbs so the vibe with the police from the white people around me is different than what I get from them. you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. so um I don't know I can't say that I have such a deep connection now as I've grown older though I definitely living in Cleveland getting stopped by the police driving while black like um just having that fear of them being rude. I guess, are we considering security guards, police? Yes, because they <laughs> they uphold the police state 
and they are authority. Okay, we could talk for me in things, I do things better. For me, authority in general, I don't like it. Anytime that I've been around like school system, stuff like that, where a white man is in charge, is it's been friction always. Um specifically security guards, things like that. Yeah, I haven't seen them do much of anything. If anything, to be honest, like I, I just see them more so in a negative state. I also had um, when I was growing up, this guy that I used to play tennis with a lot, he went to a party in Kent um, with a couple of his white friends. And I think one of his friends or something, something happened where, you know, they all got into a fight. Um, and he's black, he, you know. I think he's Afro-Latino, but I don't know for sure. But um, they were fighting. And the last thing I think the cops saw when they pulled up is like his white friend kicked the dude in the face. Some shit like that. I I really can't remember. But he went to jail instead of his white friend. He got charged with, I think, murder or like manslaughter. He's still in jail to this day. Um, Wow. So yeah, like he's still in jail. so I hear stories like that. I've more so heard things than personally experiencing the stuff besides me being back in Cleveland, you know, driving, especially moving around. Um, I just don't like the vibe, like the energy either. I think um, it's just really interesting how when you open up the dialogue on Twitter or on social media, period, and how people have mostly adverse reactions to the police. Um, and it seems like they never de-escalate anything. I, I've, had, I've lost friends to police violence um, or state-sanctioned violence. Um, so it's, it, it really touches me um, on a personal level when your friend becomes um, one of the hashtags Mm. that people can sit there and dissect every little mistake that they may have made and pretty much blame them for their murder. Or um, I had another friend uh, while we were in school get beat by campus police and he went to UVA and how that was scary and how before I even saw the headline I saw the picture of his bloody face juxtaposed to the pavement and I will never forget how my stomach dropped how I automatically knew exactly who it was. This is somebody that I knew since I was like 13 and we're in college now and we're supposed to be having all of this fun and meeting all of these people. And yet we don't, you know, we can't even find solace in going away to school. And it's just, it's, it really, 
it really what really scares me the most is how you don't have control over your interactions with the police they it doesn't really matter if you do everything right it is if the situation escalates it just escalates and it's just like every time i'm driving past the cop i always look in my rearview mirror to see if they turn Mm -hmm. around and follow me um and sometimes they do sometimes they don't depending on if i'm driving my dad's car if i'm driving my car i get different attention Mm. um and it's just i'm speechless I don't have any more tears. I don't have any more words for what's going on. Um, you know, I think a lot of our communities, if you living, if you're living in the inner city and you're listening, have been destroyed by state violence, which to me outweighs the looting or whatever. Um, the pol- the prison system has destroyed our community and it's been proven to be another form of slavery so it's it just it really weighs heavy on my heart to be able to get up and get through knowing that regardless of anything i am still black and that police officer can control whether or not I make it home or not. And I, I just can't. I just can't. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree with that. Yeah, it's yeah, I um my tears started last week and didn't and didn't cease well not even cease, well they have lit they lightened up a little bit toward I guess maybe yesterday where multiple outbursts of crying every day and just maybe one or two today I cried I think twice and over different things because there's been a layer of unfolding in several outlets in which I work but I just remembered as you as you ladies were talking about my um, experience with the police during high school this is right before I went to college my bestie had pledged aka and um one of my girlfriends jumped out the car to save a spot on the lakefront it was oak oak oakwood oak street oak street not oak street is on the north side the one on the south side that's oakwood oakwood beach 63rd nope no lakeshore drive um either it's oakwood oakwood you get off, it's like 30... 39th? Yeah, 39th Street. We just, we just always call it that 39th. Okay. So, you know, everybody would hang out, you know, sip on something, then go home. Well, when my girlfriend jumped out of the car to, to save a parking space, um, as I was pulling in, the dude in the next car said, that bitch better not hit my car. So then she was a turn-up queen. We, she was a ride or die. And it was on and popping after that. So he gets out arguing with her. I get in between and he tries to stick her, a guy. So now it's a fight. So it was a bottle on the ground. Um, 
I think I hit him with the bottle. Then one of my friends was fighting his girlfriend. Then I helped her out. It was ugly. I helped her out. Then somehow the bottle ended up in the hands of either him or another. You know, we're talking about 25 years ago. And the windshield of the car, which was my boyfriend's at the time, was broken. And then I told the cops, I said, they just broke my window. He said, well, if you didn't want that to happen, you shouldn't have come here. And I remember feeling like, damn. That's what I get. And I just felt like, wow, there's the police. I'm telling him who did it and nothing's going to happen because, you know, and now looking back at it and remembering this situation, um, they look at us as animals um, in some regards, in most regards. Well, the ones that are, that are horrible. And, um, feel like anything that we are experiencing is self-inflicted. Um, several artists, playwrights have pulled out of, everybody is turning everything upside down, inside out, which I think is amazing. In one of my Facebook posts, I had spoken of an incident where a former employee said she didn't know whether she should hug me or pat me on the head. And then I, and after sharing this post, I felt sick because I hadn't outed her. I have since then outed her. Um, and it has been a very, very interesting rollout of silence, inboxing, but not on the post. Then turned to another musician friend of mine where he outed another musician who was clearly engaging himself in racist rants. He's a white musician. And this black musician came on his post and said, man, you, why, you have a platform. And actually he had been asked to speak on some really big platform about a week ago. And, he, and, and until he outed him and let everybody know what he was saying, then here comes the apologies. Then on top of that, his former girlfriend, who was a black woman, decides to start sending text messages to the black musician saying, oh, you shouldn't treat him like that. He's a nice guy. He's Jewish. You don't know his struggle. And it was over 150 comments basically supporting him. But when you look at his post compared to mine, it's like night and day. And I knew that in this, sometimes our stories as women kind of get put to the side or kind of like um, doesn't get the highlight that the brothers get. But one or two other sisters kind of saw what was happening and came in to support. So although what is happening is bringing light to a whole lot of ugly scars, I'm not going to back down 
and I'm not going to be quiet and silent any longer about what I have experienced and what is currently happening in all of the major fields in which I work. I don't think that we are going to have another time like this, this kind of platform to really tell the truth, especially about institutionalized racism. The music industry has, has always been hijacked by opportunistic Caucasians who exploit black musicians all the time. It's just been historical from the time that they learned how to create a, um, a device to record, we have been exploited and I'm no longer going to be silent. Um, and if my post or my stories don't get the light that it needs, I'm still talking. It's interesting that you, um, you brought up um, exploitative measures that um, whites have taken um, and outing people. Because another thing that's been going on um, on Twitter is that a lot of these um, institutions of higher learning have anonymous pages where you could submit anything anonymously usually using like form springs or curious cat is like the new version of that and um a lot of people some of whom i know have been outed as rapists mm. or uh people who or they have been sexually assaulted by them and um that has really turned some of my world upside down a little bit because I think in my brain, I know that how people treat me is not a reflection of how they necessarily treat others, especially as a woman. A man can treat you one way and not treat the next woman the next way, and it could go back and forth. But I think when it comes to using that thought process and practice, it gets really hard. And I almost found myself making excuses for people and I wasn't there. So I don't know what happened. And it's, it can really, you know, trip you out because men will say things like, I, I stand with victims, you know, I want women to feel safe around me but the minute we clock and put out their homeboy then all bets are off we're liars and we got the story wrong we were confused and I had a conversation with one of my best male friends about this you know he was just like do you really have to teach people about consent and I told him, yes, because a lot of people don't know what that means, men and women. And a lot of men don't know that coercion is wrong. They think it's a part of the game. They think that you have to convince women to have sex with you. 
you have to be persistent in That's order eternal massaging i'm sorry i had yes. to jump in no it's fine jump in you know a lot of a lot of men think it's game and it's fucked up that we have to explain something that is so simple consent is really simple you shouldn't have to convince somebody to have sex with you and a lot of these posts that i'm seeing on these pages on twitter have been men not necessarily um who who are rapists but they are using coercive tactics it's not that he jumped out in the bushes and forced himself on me it's he got me drunk he got me high he pestered me until i felt like i had to do it so i can or, be safe or even assuming things about sexual situations oh she came over late oh she was on me exactly oh we were you know what i'm saying we were in a relationship all types of uh, girl don't get me uh, it started because it's really a problem and so many of us have our stories where we've been harassed, assaulted, raped, coerced, whatever. Um, but it's just, it just really, I find it so mind boggling that none of these men think that they know anybody who could be on some bullshit. None of them. And my homeboy that I had the conversation with found out that he had a male friend who was on some bullshit and he checked him. And, uh, you know, they're dime, that's a dime in a dozen type of guy I'm, I'm learning. But, you know, more men need to check their homeboys about being creep-ass niggas. It's just that plain and simple. Um, I think like this whole conversation to me has to stem from a very um patriarchal mindset when it comes to authority, when it comes to um you know what men do feel like they can and can't do, what is pushing, what is forcing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just that whole concept in general. Um and I think that for most part, most of us have experienced, you know, officers as men. Men have had, um, I mean, not men, but women and men actually have had experience where they've been sexually assaulted by officers. Um, just yes. this idea of power and authority, I think, is a very just like insane topic to me in general, especially in such a place that we live like America is supposed to be supposed to be you know about freedom and liberation you know being able to revolt being able to have your choice being able to do what you want that's what America is about um and to me it kind of stems back to on the astrological side the idea of um Saturn being Aquarius right now we are the rebels you know supposedly in the world we don't give a fuck America's like just America's image to the world is that image of what we experience in the day-to-day with police or what we experience with men or what we experience with any authority even when we're a child whether it's your parents or whoever you know what I'm saying this idea of authority and what type of authorities that we have in our life and who 
who feels like because I fix whichever construct that I have this authority. You know what I'm saying? Like, just the whole concept in general is crazy to me. Um, the ideas about thought, like my thoughts on power and how people use and abuse it, um, who we give power to, what type of people we have that are in, in power around us is insane to me. Um, and because we are in a patri patriarchal world right now, you know, men feel like they just divinely naturally have that authority. You know what I'm saying? So it it just crosses over everywhere. Um, it crosses over, you know, so many different, I don't even know how what I'm trying to say right now, but it just crosses over everywhere in general in the world. That's why you have the black man right now and his fight with the white man and with police, with the government, with everything that's going on. Um, I'm glad that everyone is speaking out. People are, are saying what they need to say. Um, whew, it's just so heavy and overwhelming. It is. It really has been. It's just like, on one front, I'm fighting, you know, it's like, it's like as a Black woman, it becomes never-ending. Like, you you're fighting gender politics and racism at the same time that's why you know when people say oh you're black first it's like no i am both first i don't i don't get to dissect my identity you see both at the same time and it is stressful it is and it's yeah. i'm tired i'm just over it i'm so over explaining to men why certain things are not okay. I'm over explaining to white people why they're full of shit. And it's just like, well, what the fuck do you do? You know? Yeah, I had a whole, a whole ass African inbox me, said I did, I, I just got on Facebook. Let me let me read exactly what this coon said. Oh, Lord. I'm, I'm getting ready to put him on. I, you know, I ain't going to say his name. Well, maybe I should say his name. What, what do you ladies think? Dr. Coco Johnson, do what you need to do. All right. <laughs> well, on blast, Mr. Um, help, not help. Let me find his name. So he decides, he saw my post. I don't want to get into your business. But as I opened my Facebook, your exchange with that person popped up. I would say it better to let a sleeping dog lie. He spelled lie, L-Y-E. You look better <laughs> if you say you accept the apology. I won't let the control your feelings. Sometimes we say things that come out wrongly and an apology is appropriate. So my response was, so are you supporting her? Are you African? Nope. I'm in your corner, just suggesting you rise above the issue. Yes, I am African. My full name is Olujimi. And I said, what's the issue? I said, you're not in my corner if you're not supporting me in public. On the post, not in my inbox. If you want to support me, get out of my inbox. His response was, okay, here we go. You know, 
I, I will never be shocked when what when black men go over the hills and through the woods to cape for white women. They literally will bend over backwards <laughs> and twist and bend and bend and snap like L Woods <laughs> to literally cape for white women. And I, it's just not shocking. It's just like you know, you could really be my homeboy and, and really like in, in in the struggle, but nah, you just gonna sit here and and just fall for the Becky shit. Like at some point it's just like we they're just ooh. I I, I don't even know if I really wanna say this, but like they can be the weakest link sometimes. They are the weakest link. In our community, sometimes, girl, don't get me to preaching here. Preach on. Okay, this is how I feel about a lot of the current events as a black woman because I'm looking at it through my lens. I'm looking at it through my perspective and my views. Um, just over the past, you know, about eight years. So it's about eight years now with Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Yeah, with Black Lives Matter, not saying that that started anything, but I'm saying just putting it under Black Lives Matter and just the movement, period. Um, And just what I've experienced as, um, like I said, a Black woman, dark-skinned Black woman growing up, seeing what goes on out here. Um, It's very disheartening for me to see how much that you know, black women will stand for themselves. Um, stand for themselves. They will call us the angry, strong black woman all day. We will fight for everyone that we love. You know what I'm saying? We will fight. We will argue. We will. We will write. We will make changes. Um, we'll even de- we will defend ourselves most of the time, and we defend each other for the most part. Um, what I find to me that is just insane is how you know, we are not valued. I see a lot of us risking our lives out here to go protest. I'm seeing little black girls, six years old, marching down the street. Um, I'm seeing a lot of posts from women, just a lot of posts from black women. And I feel like even with this movement going on as much as we, um, I feel like cater to the black men in our community, and their needs and their right to live and be here, they don't fight for themselves just as much. And better yet, they will sit there and bend over backwards, like you said, for for a white woman when you're clearly being wrong. You know, it's insane to me. Oh, girl. I, I have to, I have to <laughs> On top of all the other... On top of all the other shit that they do to us as black women, just on the one-on-one outside of racism, the amount of things that we deal with and experience from black men that are extremely harmful to us. You know, while people are over here, just like they have that Kent State page, people are, are outing their oppressors, their rapists, their abusers, you know, and a lot of them are the same color as they are. And those are the same women that are still out there marching. That's a lot. 
you know, still marching for a black man, knowing the statistics and knowing everything that we experience from them, it's to me a smack in the face. Um, and it's just crazy. It's just a crazy place to be right now as a black woman, just with everything that's going on. And and the thing that is shocking to me is that. I'm finding out things about my friends that they have experienced through police brutality and and through abuse of of systems. Um, and I was really inspired to come out about my ex-employer through um, Yvonne. I knew she used to work for the police department. And this is crazy, y'all. She got pulled. She she was pulled up to a light, dropped her cell phone and two cops on their bikes. Don't move. Put your hands up. Um, she works for the police department and actually she was, I think the, one of the writers for, right. The, one of the, the speech writers for the former mayor daily, y'all were just babies when he was in office, um, took her in, handcuffed her, dragged her out of the car, she said, I work for the mayor. There's like this man. I said she fit the description of a man, first of all. Um, took her in, put her in a cell. She's telling them to run her badge number. After four hours, without being allowed to go to the bathroom, somebody in a white shirt comes on. Oh, they broke her window, too, and cussed them out. What the fuck are you doing? Why is she in here? We, 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 she said, we didn't know. And fixed her car and so there was a cleanup lady and I can't really remember her name from the post but kind of like an Olivia Pope that you know all I guess all municipalities have somebody to kind of like to see if they they're fixed move. they're called fixers yeah yeah she oh said, mm, she said that was her job so she said if you and so the whole thing was like please don't release it now to make the backstory even in, insane is that her father is Dale Burt or Africa for Move Nine. Um so she said, I want them all fired without pension. And that did happen. Now this is my whole friend that I've been knowing for uh, how many years? Twin almost 30 years, and I didn't know that happened to her. How is it that your, your tight girls don't know that? We suppress, repress so much, hide from my, and, then, and sometimes we hide stuff so deep we don't hide, hide it from ourselves. Mm. And I'm like looking like, what? You didn't, what? You didn't share this with, no. Because she was keeping it under wraps. Because if that would have come out, I don't know what would have happened at that time um yeah <sighs> wow that's so crazy we protect so many people's reputations and livelihoods just by not speaking we do we do in the end that's why i stand with those who have been marching and putting themselves on the front line and the women who have been speaking out against sexual harassment and sexual uh, assault um, anonymously and, you know, forthright. Um, because that's hard. 
And, you know, nobody really wants to be the face. Uh, No one really wants to be the whistleblower, but sometimes it's honestly where you have to go with it to get change. Mm, Very true. I know for me personally, with everything that's going on, that um, I think it's bringing up a lot of triggers for people and making sure that we maintain our making sure that we maintain our you know mental health and just making sure instead of you know focusing so much on this and like social media and everything I feel like disconnecting pulling back and um, you know looking into ourselves is very important it's stressful, you know, it's stressful for everyone on top of racism. Okay. Oh, I think that's a, uh, the good place to stop. Oh yeah, we can do that. Okay. In the heaviness, can we have a, a 30 second moment of silence for Mr. Floyd. You've been listening to 50-Year-Old Pussy with Banji Bruja, Yada OG, and Yada <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'm so shook up. Yada the OG and Kokoi Linces. Zoda OG. Lord have mercy. Yo, it's okay. We're going to take keep, it in. I'm going to edit yeah. that. No, you can keep <laughs> it in because it's funny. You've been listening to 50-Year-Old Pussy with Zoda OG, Banji Bruja, and Coco Elysis. Don't get Signing out. Signing out. Peace and blessings. Okay.